0: good morning good afternoon good evening wherever you are in the world today it is my pleasure to welcome you to wow what a show remember we are the live podcast outreach of rehoboth institute of the arts and we are so glad that anyone comes to join us especially you so tonight our co-host is anna kane and We will be receiving her shortly. In the meantime, I am Phyllis, your host, and very pleased to be here. We are in a series that Anna titles, um, (laughs) Welcome to Your New Career. It's all about being a mother and rearing children. And uh, we've had such good um, sessions. The last two sessions have been really good for me. I'm a mother of older children, and I have drawn from it so much. I am so thankful that the Lord allowed me to hear a perspective that I had not heard. And even though my children are older and grown, and they actually have their own children, I still have that sense that I am cooperating with the Lord to bring a new generation into the kingdom of God. And so... Seeing my role as a mother from a perspective of godliness has been extremely wonderful to do, and it gives me hope for the future. (laughs) So I am still uh, doing what I do with regards to my children, and I pray that the Lord will help me to um, uh, just continue and not get weary in well-doing So we're waiting for her to get in, Um, and when she does, uh, because this, this stuff is always so not reliable in the way that we are accustomed to doing it. But, you know, God has a way, and he will get us here, and he will get us through. Of this, I am more than certain. So I'm I'm really grateful. I'm just gonna um, wait for her before we even do any of the praying. And I want you to know that every live session is uploaded to Rehoboth Institute of the Arts. If you see our our uh, logo there, um, UCRIA—that's Rehoboth Institute of the Arts—and we are. Uh, have more than just these series. Uh, We just finished a series in the book, John, and um, we will be, of course, uh, continuing even after this this uh, series with some other very exciting series. I have been in touch with a good, good friend of mine who has authored a book, and the book is quite amazing. Uh, I won't tell the crux of it because I would want you to come and hear all things from her her mouth. But uh, there are a few things that uh, we do that are specific. To some people might think they're specific to women, but I don't think that anything is specific to either uh, class. It may be specific to the experiences that the other sex uh, cannot experience, but these all will um, <laughs> all will contribute to our understanding and our wisdom in relationships so i invite you to come always no matter what the titles are because our intended audience is the at-large audience and also people who have a, a relationship with god already and those who want to come into relationship or just learn about Jesus Christ and this God that we say uh, we serve in the Christian world. So, yes, freshen. I know that you are here. I saw you when you came in. Praise the Lord. All things are well. And I want to just say again to the listening audience that we are being led in a series titled Motherhood. I, I see it on my list as motherhood, but I titled it. Uh, welcome to uh, the career you never thought you had, because I never did look myself at it as, as mother mothering the way that Anna has brought it in. So she is here. I am going to turn all things over to her, including the prayer, and I will take the back seat, uh, and she will be our host for this evening. Welcome, Anna. Thank you so much for being here.
1: Hi. How are you? How are you doing tonight?
0: Just, just fine, thank you. I am good, and you are well. I pray you are well.
1: <laughs> I am well, and I appreciate uh, the patience. And the, uh, I receive things uh, in mm-hmm. different ways. And I thought I wasn't getting in, and lo and behold, I am here. And yes, so you we're are. for that. Amen. Well, um, praise God. I just want to. Thank you for allowing me to be here with you. I was thinking this week about today, and so many things came to mind. Uh, One had to do with just, you know, how specific and how detailed should we sort of lead into a conversation. And what I'd like to do is just share something that's come on my heart tonight, and I will read it through uh, expeditiously. And then we will open up and have a little conversation about motherhood uh, in terms of its power to bring us into sanctification. And it's one of the avenues in which I believe God truly does that. Um, Whether we're looking for it or not, it's an opportunity. So let's pray for sure. Amen. God, I thank you for this evening, Lord Jesus. And in my own station in life today, God, I just am dependent on you or dependent on you to be our father and, and teach us god uh, it, it's just an amazing thing really to think about all that you've created in your own purposes and, and we are participating in your will um, so to speak in, in your way in your plan and i just pray that you would meet us here tonight lord and cause us to be able to say things that really glorify you and speak of truth. And whatever is not of truth, Lord, I pray it withers away. And whatever it is, I pray it will remain in our hearts. And we would also grow and be sanctified, working out our salvation, Lord, as we look to your word and look to your goodness in the context of a discussion on motherhood. God, I pray this in the name of Jesus.
0: Thank you, God. Amen. Amen. And Anna, before we continue, I'd like to just um, <clears throat> probe to see these these earphones and micro are are microphones, right? So, um, if you know being around a microphone, if you hit it, it will sound resound that way. Okay, so I'm going to go unmute. Right? Thank you. Okay. No problem. That's it. Okay. Bye. All right. I'm here, okay, so but I'm on mute.
1: Yes. Okay, we'll jump right in tonight, and we'll talk a bit about motherhood. But before I do that, we want to remember that uh, everything that we speak about, we pray that the Lord would, uh, you know, give us a scripture for it, so that we can undergird our discussions, our opinions, our perceptions with what the Word has to say on the issue. And tonight, we're going to talk through how a mother and how motherhood itself is an opportunity for sanctification. Yes, it is a career that you never knew you had until you slow down and you recognize that what you're doing is actually a lifelong commitment to a type of job that in and of itself can be looked at as a, as a career, um, can be looked at as a tenured position. It can be looked at as something that lasts a lifetime. So when we talk about sanctification, I'll give a couple definitions and then I'll read through. Let's say sanctification, we usually hear that word and it sounds like a really big religious word. But simply put, we're referring to, and I will draw from just simple definitions. I'll draw from some, uh, the way John MacArthur expounds on it, uh, just to keep it simple. We're referring to the progressive work of God to make a believer more like Christ. What is that progressive work of God in my life to make me more like Jesus Christ? Simply put, if you look up a definition, it may say uh, the action of setting something or someone apart as holy to purify something or to dedicate it to God's service, to sanctify it. In the most basic sense, we can look at it as just something, again, set apart, for God's special use and his purpose. And I I like that it's the simplest one, simply because ultimately, when God sets anything aside, purifies it, it will be for his good use. And so, sanctification through motherhood. How daily, daily can God reach my heart? and teach me what kind of person I ought to be when I am caring and communicating with my children. I'm reminded while preparing a meal, cleaning up after others, figuring out how to accomplish a goal, working, listening, laughing, choosing for my children and receiving from them keeping as much peace and cohesion as possible in the face of all kinds of family dynamics. When I'm trying to get through a difficult attitude moment or if I'm trying to help with a problem, I'm reminded in these scenarios of what kind of person or mother I want to be. This happens when I'm in the throes of my daily experiences with my children growth growth can happen while mothering particularly if we're prone to contemplating what we do and how we do it when we're contemplating what we say have said or how we will say it what we feel and why we feel it what we're sure of and what we're not When there is growth or that keen knowing that growth in some way must happen as we are prompted by some unexpected, some expected, or some spontaneous movement toward godliness, goodness, and all the whole host of the fruits of the Spirit. When that happens, we as moms are being sanctified. We're growing in motherly righteousness, if you will. The Holy Spirit has an open door to us if we let him. And if we consider this idea in the midst of our various opportunities for this type of sanctification, we can view sanctification as, one person put it, delighting in the Lord continually. And that doesn't seem to fit the definition we just read. But ultimately, when we are, Set aside for his good pleasure. When we're purified and we can see that happening, when we see the progressive work of God making us more like Christ Jesus and humbling ourselves and saying thank you, then ultimately that leads to a delight in the Lord and it is continual. Surely if we see what's going on in our mothering, while good things are happening, while the okay is taking place, and in the midst of the pain, we can say, oh Lord, are you giving me something to respond to here? Are you wanting to see in what way I will go? What way I will choose? And then if we choose to put our efforts toward good response,
0: The Bible says to
1: consecrate ourselves, therefore, and be holy, for the Lord is holy, God said in Leviticus. He said to keep his statutes and to do them, because he is the Lord who sanctifies us. In sanctification, we can see it's been said that God and the Christian both have specific responsibilities. Paul tells us to work out our salvation with fear. And with trembling, for it is God who works in you both to will and to work or to do his good pleasure. So when we look at motherhood and we say, yeah, you know, there's so many dynamics that happen. Uh, each season of the child's life, baby, toddler, young child, adolescent, Teen years, etc., etc., even when you're 50. <laughs> um, you look at all these dynamics and you you'll find that there's never a time that the mothering really stops. There's always a something I'm saying or doing, a feeling I'm having or not, an intention. All that's happening. There's always a spontaneous or planned movement toward godliness, goodness there's always opportunity to examine yourself and see, are the fruits of the spirit evident here? And I mean, just in the context of dealing with a child, talking to a child, communicating to a child, praying for a child, thinking about responding, uh, you know, being there, not being there, the different seasons in that child's life, uh, being away from the child. Spending time with older children, younger children, there's always a dynamic. And in that way, we can see there's always opportunity in the context of mothering for God to sanctify us. So tonight, I'd like us to really just look at the fact that God has already called us to purification in his word as people. But if you're a mother or if you know a mother, whether you intended to be a mother or not, It's his opportunity. It's his way. As a matter of fact, motherhood, if we remember, is his plan. It's not your plan. It's not my plan. It's his plan. He brings people to the earth for his good pleasure through man and woman. That's not your choice. That's his choice. That's not my choice. And as we move on to just have some conversation tonight, There was an anonymous writer that wrote it, uh, well stated, and I'll, I'll share basically that there is no nobler career than that of motherhood at its best because we can be mothers and not put our best foot forward. That is possible. But nonetheless, there's no nobler career. There are no possibilities greater and in no other sphere does failure bring more serious penalties than in that sphere of motherhood with what diligence then should we prepare ourselves for such a task if the mechanic who is at work you know with things must study the technical aspects of it okay and if the doctor and whose skilled hands will be entrusted with human lives must go through medical school, how much more then should we as mothers, who fashioning the souls of men, literally fashioning the souls of men and women of tomorrow, how much more should we learn at the highest of all schools and from the master sculptor himself, God, to attempt this task unprepared and untrained, can be tragic, and the results affect generations to come. It is a true thing. The way one generation is taught to be will affect the next generation. On the other hand, there is no higher height to which humanity can attain than that occupied by the coveted, heavenly-inspired praying mother. So that's a tribute to motherhood, but let's talk tonight, Phyllis, about some Maybe simple ways to again dissect the sanctification that can happen and does happen um, when we walk in the shoes of mothering day in and day out. Maybe you assume a position of caring for someone and become a mother figure. But nonetheless, anybody who's been a mother will know that from nursing the baby to playing outside in the backyard to listening to crying, to trying to feed the good and the bad. It's not always the challenge that sanctifies us. A lot of the sanctification can happen when we're observing and enjoying the good that God gives. It can mature us even there. We can confirm some things and work to be more diligent in them during those times. But let's talk about that. A little bit tonight and maybe we can ask ourselves some questions and try to see the you know we can get some answers through the Holy Spirit as again we look at how daily God reaches us and teaches us when we're caring and communicating with our children what I could do is ask tonight so that we are given an opportunity to have some dialogue is to maybe invite the audience in and ask you if you see this happening through your experience or have you noticed a type of sanctification maybe in some mother some family that you've observed where there is uh, observable change or growth it's important that we see this particularly in our own lives. And so if you're there and you want to respond, I'll follow along and see if we can't bring in a type of dialogue with the audience tonight.
0: That would be lovely.
1: OK. I do notice here, I'll say, Phyllis, that Miss Reem says that mothering never stops our natural instinct or intuition is to offer some aspect of the mothering behavior often unwanted by um, the offspring. Yes. That's a good <laughs> way to say thank you for that. Now that's something <laughs> to start the conversation going. What happens when instinctively, intuitively, we are mothering, we assume the behavior, the mindset, the attitude, the the fortitude, all of that in our mothering, what we think is our our responsibility toward a child, the children, or someone. (laughs) And what happens when that is evident, but it's not welcomed by the child, by the children? How can we look at sanctification in terms of the unwelcomed mothering <laughs> that that you know, children that, that sort of happens? And I think, as a matter of fact, Reems, I'm going to start this off. So somebody join in. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, yes. Mm, let's think about that. I'm going to give you an example. I have a, and this will take mothering from the infant stage to the 19-year-old. <laughs> when you have. A child who doesn't want to respond to the types of duties that, at this age, ought to be second nature. And they don't want to receive the reminders. They don't want to receive the updates. They really don't want to receive what you're saying. (laughs) Uh, that's we we sort of come to that conclusion. Maybe it's just if I don't say anything, there's peace, and there is a type. <laughs> but as soon as you say something, and you all know this, this is very classic. There's a bit of an upheaval, there's a response, there's a a misunderstanding, there's a taking it out of context. There's a a whole lot that you didn't intend. All you intended was to give in your motherly understanding of how a home should be run. You delegate tasks and you ask your children to respond. So what happens with sanctification there? And this is what I came to ladies and gentlemen. (laughs) I started to say, Lord, and I really want to bring this out tonight. This really reminds me, as much as it has bothered me, it reminds me of the repetitiveness of God. How often, and and he knows I can't remember Genesis through Revelation at this point. I haven't memorized the Bible. I don't have enough songs. But the repetitiveness of God. So I'm thinking, but I've said this, but we've done this. And I'm also thinking, but what about maturity? What about consideration? What about thoughtfulness? I'm thinking a lot of things. And inevitably, and it's happened over the years, inevitably God will remind me, look how many times I do that with you. Look how many times I remind you when you're struggling and you're weak and you know what to do. You actually thought of what to do. But in your weakness, Anna, you are struggling. You have to keep telling yourself practically throughout the day what to do. Yet I love you. I'm your father. I put the sunshine on you. I let you enjoy those birds in the morning. I don't really get upset with you. But what I have done is allow you to reap some of your consequences, even your own guilt, your own low you know lots of things so anybody ever feel that way hmm. that the repetitiveness of god okay is a reminder that what i'm experiencing with my child is nothing special if he has dealt with me in the same vein yet god does make us in his image and he does give us by the holy spirit some sense You have to make a decision. And what do I do with the child? How do I let this? So the the whole sanctification comes in, one, in the identifying that, hey, this is a scenario that God himself experiences with his own children. And if I listen and note how he's dealt with me, maybe I will deal with this child in like manner. So I consider, it, it forces me to stop, ponder, contemplate, And consider my action, and what do I want the outcome to be? What do I want that? And I have to sometimes do that, and it works like, you know, clockwork. You do a good, oh, it worked great. Other times, it's such a struggle. But what's happening to me, one, I'm being reminded of who I am, honestly. And even if it's on an issue that God doesn't deal with me on, it doesn't matter. There's always an issue mine is different than yours his is different than his mother's but it's an opportunity so I have to ask myself how will I respond and mothers do we always respond the way we wanted to or the way we even coach ourselves to no but sometimes we do and I notice the more I look at that person okay and I don't necessarily like what I'm saying in the moment I'm reminded of how many times God has seen me. And then I'm forced into a place of contemplation, reflection, and decision. And I tell you, some days it's easy, but some days it is not easy. And I just experienced a day when it wasn't. (laughs) So anybody else want to join in on, again, the opportunity towards sanctification? Mm -mm. Mothering.
0: Yeah. Uh, Reem's right. If I were to be honest, and I want to be, I don't recall submitting my will to the Father during those years, especially yeah. the teenage years. Yes. Yeah. Um, now, just just to kind of counter that, I did commit my way, if I'm being honest, I was in prayer all the time. But what I was not um was I was not aware of the, the fact that my children would reject me. So that was, for me, a big shock, and I didn't know how to handle it. And I uh, did what my mother did, and my mother was a very strict disciplinarian. So when we rejected her, we felt the wrath of that rejection. And so in mentoring her, I did it. But now that I'm listening to you, I would uh, prefer hearing the Lord in that regard. And and there were times when I did hear his voice, you know, and and was able to kind of come away from my own flesh and my response. But if I had been, I think, uh, aware that this was going to happen to me, I would have been better prepared spiritually. And so more sanctification, I think, would have been um, a result rather than, you know, I me. Mean, yeah, yeah. That,
1: you know, that, that's a beautiful one because your rejection hurts. And I didn't know either. I thought, I didn't think anything. I was living <laughs> in, a, in such a way that there really wasn't. I didn't have to think it up or even hope it up. I was really fortunate to enjoy the experience with my my children. So when a moment of that rejection did come, I looked at them and Reems, I actually see what you said and I felt this way. I said, Who are these people? <laughs> like, are they aliens? <laughs> They're strangers to me. We've just had all these years and I could just, you know, sort of recount what the years were. And and this was not a reflection of those years. And I did have a moment of, are they becoming strangers? Mm-hmm. You know, and it is a little bit funny but I had to remind myself very quickly that these are people and I've always known that with children. That's why I sometimes joke with people and I say, Hey, don't have more children just because people are telling you to have them have what God gives you, because these are people, (laughs) this is not a baby doll as much as I really like baby dolls. Um, they're not. And so these are people. And I look, and so you, you get challenged, right? Phyllis, you do. Mm. And that rejection hurts and you think, but all the years, Lord, 365 days out of them and you think that wouldn't happen in the way that it does Mm -hmm. it can't it will bring you to a place where you have to face a reality and then what do you do what do you do in that reality because it is a reality it is a reality and then you're moved into a different type of growth that you hadn't heretofore Had to really move in much. Another opportunity. Another opportunity. Um, Yeah. it's uh, Here's another thing. The wrath of my mother. I'm just going to jump on that one. (laughs) I think she said that. Um, So, yes. That's a funny thing about the wrath of a mom. I tell you what. We almost feel like it came with the job. Meaning, I said it. And that's how it ought to be because I have been given the power <laughs> and you almost want to say what you see in movies. I am your mother. And you know what I notice about that? Another thing I want to bring out is, again, a reflection of God, believe it or not, I feel like. Only one leader can be the leader. We can't have two masters here. And when your children rise up or do whatever, and it sort of provokes us toward wrath, Sometimes I do think about the fact that, you know, God himself, if he weren't so gracious, if grace just wasn't an attribute of God, he could pick and choose when that mercy happened. You know, um, mercy being like an ext- an extension of grace, his grace. And, you know, he shows us in a bigger picture in terms of his wrath uh, when the flood came. Uh, he, he, he repented. He removed The rejectors and the disobedient people who had no regard for him, he removed them. And he kept one family to bring his purposes about. And so it's, yeah, it's interesting, the wrath of God. And when we have it though, I say to myself, well, we're not as holy as God is. And so sometimes our wrath is really a flesh response. It's a lack of self-control. It's a lack of discipline. It's a lack of thoughtfulness. It's a lack of contemplating. What we need to do with the child so that whatever we do with the child in response to our children is a good act, whether it be a disciplinary act, a calming act, an apologetic act, whatever you deem appropriate. And in wisdom, we, that's why we want to pray, God, give me discernment on how to respond to them. Is this that moment when they, I need to um, have a resolve toward discipline? Do I need to? slow down and think it through. What do I need to do? But whatever you need to do, um, the wrath part of it, this sort of comes out. I I do ask myself, Lord, um, the Bible says to be angry and sin not, but sometimes our wrath is not really just anger and sinning not. It's a whole lot extra. It's a lot of flesh. It's extra yelling. It's extra anger. It lasts a long time. It does a lot more than even what you do with us. And so while that is sort of funny, it's a place to sort of look again at sanctification. How far do I need to go and no more? I don't I'm not God. I, I don't have that perfect perfection in how to deal with people. So help me with that wrath, that anger, that reaction. <clears throat> Anybody else want to share? That's good. Great.
0: So, Cherise writes, uh, usually when I have unpleasant experiences with my children, God quickly reminds me of my relationship with Him. But before you answer, Anna, uh, there are comments that uh, you you are not, uh, that people can't hear you very well. Uh, That's weird. Okay. (laughs) Well, see, to me, you're very loud. So I wonder if, I'd like to I'd like to really figure this out um tonight. Anna is very she's loud in my ear and my volume is as high as it will go. So I'm going to ask everyone to just double check your volume and make sure your volume is as high as it can get including yours, Anna. And then if anyone else is having a problem, this will be a complaint that I make to Podbean because uh, there are some things that um, that I can't um, control.
1: Okay. And I will try, I know if I'm loud in your ear, <laughs> maybe you you'll turn it down and I'll try to speak a bit louder for the remaining of our time together for the sake of everybody. Uh, one point I wanted to uh, write here with this last, uh, God is reminds me of, and that's what I was reminded of right at the beginning, reminding me of my relationship with him. It's such a true thing and I don't give myself credit. I say it's the Holy Spirit. I mean, I can stop in one track, you know, things are going well, you've got a few hours here, something will come up and all of a sudden, you know, you're responding in a different vein. And so, yes, I, I, I'm always, I'm with you reminded of what's my relationship with God. Um, when something is unpleasant happening and it it does happen quickly, you know, it's like, it's like, he allows you to go through with the action or the moment just so then he can allow you to see, well, what about how, I respond with you what about you how you respond with me a lot of things can happen in in relationship in in general but that that's a good thing I think that's a beautiful thing that's a gift from God like pain as we learn it in the medical field is a gift for people who cannot feel pain can get into deep trouble so you know just being having that moment is actually a gift from him it's a sanctifying moment Um, I want to bring up something else rather quickly too that I thought of in their last broadcast and I thought was very important and it sort of came out of one of the questions that I asked but tonight I'll put it this way if God is to sanctify us particularly when we find ourselves saturated by what's allowed in the culture and um, just anything I think every generation has had it every everybody's had a culture okay but nonetheless uh, the question I would ask is what do I allow in my home and what I what do I not allow and I feel like every parent has come against that what do I allow now I don't mean to say you don't have flexibility as a mom to bend your own refrigerator rules to have leniency when leniency is warranted and it doesn't spoil the child you know lots of flexibility God gives it to us he, he definitely gives us flexibility And there are even places in our experience where god hasn't even put a stamp on the yes or no he's allowed his holy spirit to work in each heart um some days are alike some are not alike some meet meet some don't you know he's put up that gray area they say and what i say is he's working with the individuals in places that are not as essential as people may think they are so he allows you to come to him and work out those things but In a general, in a bigger sense, he does have things he allows and does not allow. So, what about us? And I'm going to the challenge here. I would say be something as simple as this: Let's take television for instance. I love a good movie, and I love a good mystery. And I remember one season I was watching Columbo, or or some what was it? One of those mystery shows that used to come on TV. And I remember Ethan, my third child, was a lot a little younger he's five years younger than his brother three years younger than his sister but he's older than the younger brother and I remember we were watching through this show and I just kept thinking oh this I was nursing so I didn't do a whole lot in the evening but nurse and put everybody to bed and I had to really ask myself what are you allowing your children to enjoy with you that you enjoy but may not be that appropriate for them at this season. Now, I know there are a lot of people out there who um, when you get really nitpicky, like on a TV show, they tend to think you're overdoing it. Like, oh, they're gonna see this anyway in school or, oh, that's not really a big deal because their minds have already been desensitized to the effects of the themes and the conversations, et cetera. But I say to you moms, if you even flinch then ask yourself, is that not the Holy Spirit checking you in that realm? And one, remind yourself that this is optional and unnecessary, what you're watching, what music you're listening to. Is there a compromise in there? Is it too much? Because you think the world uses certain language all the time anyway, is that appropriate for your five-year-old? Should we just let everything slide because everybody's letting everything slide? So I know it may seem like a hard thing when you're just out and about. And it is a good opportunity. These moments in front of TV or movies are good moments to say something. My mom grew up. I tell you, if something happened and she saw it, she said something. And I picked up on it. And people who watch TV with me say, you talk a lot through what you're seeing. I'm like, I can't help it. But I I remember that season, just really being really mindful. And that was God himself. What should Ethan see or not? I don't care if it seems benign to you at 40 something, but what does it seem to his mind? When they go to bed, what should be on their mind? What should not be on it? And one thing I've learned is there's a scripture, um, and I I wish I had pulled it up tonight. Um, There's enough basically, uh, what is Phyllis, please help me. Um, there's enough uh-huh. evil.
0: Um, Sufficient um, unto the day is the evil thereof. It,
1: yes, yes, okay. that came to mind. Um, and, and what and the point I'm making, the connection is that we don't have to unindate our children with smut <laughs> or yuck mm-hmm. so quickly, just because we live in a smutty, yucky world. No, everything in the world isn't bad. <laughs> But just because we know it's out there doesn't mean we should make excuses for overwhelming our young minds with that. They should go into the world with the, as much purity as possible, contrary to the advice that other people are giving our children today. Oh, no, this is natural. Oh, no, this is normal. I don't care what you say. When you have a check, and if the Holy Spirit checking you, and if it comes more than once, take note cut it off. There's so many unnecessaries. And so when I think about sanctification, I say, hey, that's God's opportunity to sanctify me. What am I willing to let in?
0: Mm.
1: For the sake of my own fleshly pleasure, by the way, because I'm pretty sure children are not walking around choosing lots of things. They are following. That's what they're doing. And they are building an appetite based on what we give them. And as a mom who already has a child who's going on 25 years old, they will, they will go and adopt all kinds of stuff without you trying to put it in there at 10. <laughs> they, I promise you the world will present itself to your children. But one of the best things you can do, even with all the struggles, nothing's perfect, but even with the struggles, one of the best things you can do is ask that question, what do I allow in and what don't I allow? and I'll close and let you guys respond. I had this one family I knew we moved out and to kind of like the country and there wasn't much out there and I met this family and so I thought, "Oh, maybe we'll be, you know, friendly and let our kids play together." And I shared with her a radio broadcast and what she finally told me about the radio broadcast, when I brought it up one day, was you know that radio broadcast was so simple. It was so it was a Christian little story that comes on after school hours, and my kids all always had it on, and um, they had some songs and a story. And she said, you know, the the stories they wrap up too simply. It's too simplified. It's too what was the word she was trying like me. But that wasn't the word. <laughs> but it, I guess it just you know, the happy ending, it doesn't happen like that. And she did say, it doesn't happen like that in real life. And I thought, okay, well, they're teaching a lesson. But what I really remember distinctly feeling was, so she didn't listen to it anymore, that it was too simple. It was too wholesome. It wasn't like reality. And I thought, but don't we want our kids to have, you know, happy thoughts? (laughs) Don't we want our kids to go to bed and peace and calm? Don't we want them to see there are good outcomes? Don't we want to teach them about Jesus, and I thought that they did, in a way that shows him as deliverer, savior, friend, comforter, before they are thrust into the obvious, you know, the reality of, oh, he bullied me, he took my book bag, he stole my instrument, all these wonderful things that are awaiting for your children the minute they go to school. (laughs) So I, you know, I just that she didn't allow it in there because it was not enough of what the world already shows us on the other programs. And that kind of hurt, but what could I say? (laughs) So anybody want to comment on being sanctified, you being sanctified by what you have the power to allow and not allow for the small season in which you have it.
0: Mm. So Sharice writes and, and tell me if I'm reverberating, I can kind of hear it. Um, okay, so now it's stopped. Sharice writes, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord is my motto, meaning her motto. She says, I try to align our lives with this value. Not my family and I are not perfect. Now my family and I are not perfect, but I do my best to regroup if I'm off course and live by this rule. Yeah.
1: Yes, and the key word there I got is regroup. We all regroup. Mm-hmm. I challenge nobody on something I don't challenge myself on. It wouldn't be a challenge if I got it right perfectly. You know, it, it wouldn't be a challenge. I wouldn't be challenged. So yes, the regrouping, reassess, discern, consider. right, It's, it's yeah. Mm-hmm. I think we would all sort of agree and this is in no way a finger pointing i just want to say it's an admonishment out of my pure heart because i know i never think that people who say hey i've done this and therefore i can't say anything i go no god has given you an opportunity it's because you've done this that you know so you should speak you should admo- you should share what you've learned don't cow back. I think that's a, a device of the devil to make you feel like you cannot say anything just because you may have actually experienced it. That is your opportunity. You know a lot more than the person who may have not.
0: Go ahead. Mm-hmm. Um, I think to what you what what ultimately you are bringing out is that during those years we actually do make the choice to sacrifice uh, what might be. Comfortable for us or what might be um, acceptable, right? I, I remember that when you were born, as a matter of fact, when, when, when my oldest child was born, who is Anna Kane, I gave up television, totally didn't watch it at all. And the reason I did that is because I didn't want her to be hooked on it. Television was beginning to change. When I grew up, we could uh, like watch as much TV up into the you know early morning hours as we wanted because there was a standard in in um, the filmmaking, so we never saw anything past a simple kiss, you know, never any um, a co co bedding with the husband and wife, all of that. It was just straight, simple television, at least in my house. You know, there may have been others, but those were the channels we received. And Mother didn't put kind of the reins on us, but television was changing a lot. And I had, um there was a book called Why Johnny Can't Read or something like that. And I remember that discussion, including um the reason they couldn't read this, you know, uh, maybe excessive TV. It was really a a book on education, but somewhere I'd heard that television kind of stymies imagination and all that. So I stopped watching TV and I really liked television. (laughs) Uh, I was a reader and I wanted my children to read. So I did indeed give it up altogether. And for a lot of years, especially when we lived, in New York, we had no TV whatsoever. So that's what I hear being a possibility for the Lord's sanctification. And during those years, uh, I believe you learned to read quite well. When you went to school, you were a really good reader.
1: Yeah, that that's good. And I, I want to say, I, I know I sort of... <laughs> seem to be very adamant about that but I think it's because I um y- y- you are right I I deny myself and I know in the last couple of podcasts we had that was a a leading theme it's really the sacrifice of the mother it's the the giving of the mother and it is it's a denial in some ways and so just trying to create an atmosphere where, again, uh, there's, a, there's a welcome, uh, there's a healthy, you know, uh, you wouldn't feed your child, you know, french fries every day, would you, you know? So you, you wanna go back and ask yourself, what am I also doing that might impede something mm-hmm. um, that, you know, some sort of success, uh, reading outcomes, being thoughtful, thinking, being creative, lots of things that children can be. Uh, what, what am I doing? and
0: denying myself. Yeah.
1: That daily, yeah.
0: Um, right. And, and another practical self, I like that, the denying myself. The, Jesus Christ says, if you want to follow me, um, you will deny yourself, take up your cross and follow me. That's That was his advice to the young ruler. And that's what the a process is for us to become like him or to enter into this narrow way called salvation and to actually benefit in in the transformation of who we are right we deny ourselves that is the only thing that we can do we can deny ourselves and as difficult as that is sometimes depending on what you're take it out of your life right um, the power of God in our lives empowers us the spiritual our spirit rebirth empowers us to be able to achieve it simply denial right it's really good um and that is an I opportunity just
1: qualify, mm-hmm. I, I just want to clarify that by you know saying that it doesn't mean that your children now, sit in the front seat and, uh, you know, you, you're forced to sort of lay, lay, lay back. Um, it, it's the denial in, in very uh, practical ways and very doable ways and, and things that are actually healthy for all of us. And so the television <laughs> is just a good example, picking and choosing what we're going to nourish our kids with through entertainment. But there are all other types of uh, denials and some of them, again, being led by the Holy Spirit, discerning and having wisdom, yet being the, the, the mother, you know, not being the child, but being the mother. So, this does not in any way sort of, um, you know, detract from the fact that the mother does lead and, and she has a, a wisdom on how to lead. But let's ask ourselves, you know, why am I doing or allowing it? Um, And is there some way I can sort of discern whether or not this is going to be good for the child or
0: not. So I just want to qualify that. Indeed. Yeah, because it can begin to sound like being a mother is nothing but, you know, <laughs> but it's not. It's a very joyful time in life. Uh, however, it, it really is a, a season of sanctification, self-denial. Um, I've, I, when I look back, I didn't necessarily think about it during those years, uh, except, you know, to the degree that I, I knew from the mentoring of my own from being mentored by my own mother that there were certain things that i had to do um uh, which is why i i stopped dancing in the professional world there were certain things i could not do as a mother and maintain that lifestyle it was too much it was way too much, right? I wasn't, uh, you know, I wasn't around. I wasn't there. I had to always have this babysitter and, uh, I, and I stopped. I simply stopped because it was just too much. But the other thing that I remembered during those years and, and everyone, please, you know, uh, jump in and tell of those ways that you know that you have been guided by the Holy Spirit. Whether you were like in way deep in christ or or not, um, there are certain things that we are mentored into, some things we understand, and when we have children, we begin to understand them even more, you know, and you just kind of give up some things and make this motherhood and the the, the rearing of your children. The first priority after God and you know husband maybe and family you know you just are in that mode. so I do recall literally coming home from work it, it come when I came in the front door, I kicked off my shoes, took off my suit jacket, pulled my <laughs> pulled the the uh, blouse out of my skirt and put on a, you know I went straight to the kitchen. Sometimes I would take my skirt off and cook in my underslip, but I went straight to the kitchen because what happened? My mother always had dinner when I came home from school. It was always ready. I never had to wait, so that was a that was a very important part, and I always cooked we almost never. Ate out. I mean, we did maybe, you know, have fish dinners once that I would buy or whatever. Uh, and, and if I went to a restaurant, my children went too. So during those years, my children went everywhere. I went. It's amazing right now that I yeah. think about it. Yeah. yeah. And in that way, I was talking about denying oneself, whatever you did before. Yeah, becomes secondary now.
1: And there's so many things I can say as we close on that note. And I'm going to use a phrase. I don't usually like the new trending phrases, but this one I like. And it's be all in. <laughs> you know, I, I, I look and I say, if you're, if you're really engaged and loving the thing that you're involved in, you are all in. And same with motherhood. So going out, my mother is saying the absolute truth. We've gone to nice restaurants together. I don't remember being left so often because she had to go out and do lots of social things and we had to wait for her. And I I think there's a, there's a, there's a wealth of learning that happens for the mother when she involves and engages her children as much as she can, as opposed to looking at life as like we talked about last time, I'm a mother here, but I've got a life in other places I I feel that there's a, there there are a lot of things you're risking when you do that. It doesn't mean you cannot go do anything else. That's not what I'm saying, but there is an all in sort of experience that makes now we are this unit of a family of a people and who I am is an expression and an outpour of that. These people are me. These are my people. Therefore what is happening with me Affects them, and so I just, um, you know, even to something as simple as that. I literally just talked about my mother's house dress today—the blue one with the check or the purple, whatever—and I said, you know, I just got. I have images in places that we've lived. I can see her clearly today, as if I were standing there, and I know exactly how it made me feel to see her standing there. And uh, you know, it, it's kind of amazing because when I, when you become a mother, and you have that you think there's nothing you cannot do. I've seen my mother work. I've seen her work full-time, part-time, stay home, have babies, be away. I, so many different scenarios. I feel like I've had so many scenarios. Sometimes I wanna, you know, I, I say, is that good? Should we have been the Waltons, just stable? But when I think about it, no, that's my calling. My calling is to have these various scenes in my life because they really inform the way I think and what I think I can be in the world. And a lot of it has to do with motherhood. A lot of the things I'm thinking of now come to me, my struggles, my aloneness, my togetherness, my everything in raising children. Even though that wasn't a very long period of time, it seemed like it. Oh, <laughs> and so being oh, all in with um, your children, you know, not putting them off to share the wealth it doesn't mean that grandparents and aunts and uncles don't have a place, but I say, saturate yourself. There are some hard moments when you had to be all in with them, but you can live through them too. Inconvenient moments, I would say. And I just see a lot of opportunity for people to be away from the family. And so the child really is inundated with lots everybody's ideas, but where is my grounding? What do we think? What's our, if I may use it loosely, identity, meaning who are are we as a family? You know, what does my mom support and teach me? Most kids can tell you, my mom, my mom, this. She would say that. We can anticipate it because we know them. So be all in and enjoy it. Do it happily. Do it happily. It's a beautiful thing. It's a beautiful thing. And when they are not there and you move into the older seasons, um... There's a missing. It takes a moment to feel like I'm moving forward because I was all in that. That is my life, my life with my children. So that, it's, um, there's just so many things, right? You can, we can talk about motherhood and do one of those talk shows where we go, well, what do you do about babies who cry? Or what do you about do about kids who won't be creative? Or what do you do about kids who want, you know, there are lots of things that we can say if we wanted to just get down into the nitty-gritty with motherhood and what it means in the details but overall no matter what the details are it's an opportunity let's consecrate ourselves before god in this context
0: also Mm.
1: in this context also so
0: praise god Praise the Lord! Indeed, that is absolutely uh, wonderful. I, I so thank you. Like I have been riveted, I've been just like caught in in your presentation here, and it's it's wonderful that the audience that we have is here. Each of you could sit in that seat, and then we could do that thing. What do you do when the baby cries? What do you do when the child won't do this? You know, we could go into that um, aspect of parenting, and um, but Anna's Anna's uh, presentation has been broad enough for us as the uh, older parents, those of us who have already, you know, done that sort of thing, could could also glean and um, take from this a lesson to lead us. Forward, Because as I said, my children are grown. And sometimes I'm tempted to be the mother of little people because sometimes they act to me still very young, right? But having heard, this is opportunity for sanctification and purification. I know that this is a continual way in which the Lord is indeed preparing me for the eternal life that he has already reckoned me to be worthy of. I thank you so very much. Praise be to God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus, for teaching us again and helping us to grasp the ultimate of this um opportunity that we have in being saved and having a life, a, a period of life. We are going to be able to grasp All that is required for the salvation that will bring to us eternal life. And being sanctified, letting God speak to our hearts and minds and us moving in obedience to that, what we hear, being empowered by the Spirit to be obedient is very important. And he's giving us yet another look at how we can come into it. Anna, I thank you so much. I really do. And I pray that those of you who have come will um I'm glad and thank you for every for every comment but that you will share out of your experience as a mother to younger mothers. We're in a season in this country, yeah, where that what we're saying may be very very strange to young mothers' ears, we tend to let our children be involved in so much. There's a book called The Hurried Child, when you're trying to get that child to to really make you proud. They want to live vicariously through the children. You want to become this, that, and the other thing. And so we push our children, and they are out a lot, and they might be participating in things that for that particular child might not be the best option. So, you know, not that it isn't, I don't know, I don't know all the children in but I know I've been a teacher of elementary children and middle school children. And I know that these kids, some of them have not been given a good foundation and they are very difficult. And some children are very hurt. I had a child whose parents were off a lot. They were gone. They were professionals. She became, she had a psychological, you know, uh, problem. She's an only child. She had everything. Parents were professionals. She was cutting herself. The child was bleeding for her parents. She wanted them. And because I took this child under my wing, so to speak, I could see her pain, right? And she was sweet as she could be. The parents recognized that. And at the end of the year they came in. I always say if you really want to know how to be a good parent you ought to go off somewhere and teach school for a minute. You'll see what the needs are. You will experience it. Yes, right. on. Sharice writes yes, you were a wonderful mom to look at her and others. I remember one tiny black and white neglected um, TV. Yes, in your home. There were extraordinary moments with God and the arts. Oh bless your bones. A sanctification was the norm. Oh Sharice, you're just sweet. Sharice is my daughter by um sheer love. You know, um, she has her own mom and dad, but she was with us for a minute, right, Anna? They were about the same age and we just enjoyed her uh, being there. The things that we did together were phenomenal. Uh we we um we, we, uh, crossed or jumped some hurdles and, you know, overcame some challenges, but the love of God still was very, very much a part of the connection. And I love her mother for letting her come. Her mom, uh, trusted my household to surround her child. That And I, I've just never gotten to listen to all these years later. Here we are. Oh, my goodness. And my own children, watching them grow and become has been such a joy. And I have shed many tears, right, because nothing comes without that. The the depth of watching another being, there are always going to be those challenges. You hurt for your children. You want to see them do the best, even though like your mother watched you go through it and she shed tears too. Uh, but we still have that that heartstring. it's connections, you know, it's there. And so you live forever the mother and that's what it is. And my prayer tonight is for every mom that is on this line, that the Lord God will keep you in every way, and that the word sanctification will constantly be brought to you as you actually perform what mothers must perform, as a parent, what you must endure and what you must go through, and that the Lord will grant to us all wisdom to continue to have that relationship um, peaceful, And uh, that wisdom will still be there and that we will be able to see our children pick up on it, grasp it. And we are leaving the legacy of another generation in Christ Jesus. That is very important. We thank you, Father, for the work that you are doing in us. And we ask you, Father, to open our eyes that we may see these wondrous ways that you work in your children to bring them to the fullness of the stature of Jesus Christ. That's where we're headed. Thank you so much, Anna. Thank you very much. Any last words, Shrish, you've been so a uh, uh, good to participate tonight. And Reams, thank you so much. Um, every comment has been great. Thank you guys for all the hearts they've come. Thank you all for joining us. And God willing, Anna and I will talk and we'll see what next week is going to be. I think that we're going to move to another uh, session with a pastor that I know who's tall, who talked on a subject that's probably going to draw a lot of people in. It may not be next week. It may be the following week. Um, but we're going to have a, a session on what America needs. America's problem isn't racism. It is godliness. I mean, a lack of godliness. Yeah. yeah. And so we he, he did a sermon, and he happens to be a friend of my friend, so he'll probably come. And uh, I think you're going to be amazed because of the particular sufferings that the lord has called this man to so uh i hope you look forward to that i will you know i can't post it or that maybe i'll maybe i'll have some time to, to learn how to advertise on Podbean, b but i surely will tell my friends about it and you might uh, bring someone along also the Par our mothering series will be uploaded of course two of them are already there this one will come up tomorrow. And you'll be able to hear it again or invite a young person to it. I did invite my young friends. I taught teaching a young program, you know, where young folks come and they have small children. So for those that are in my contact list, I sent them out. Of course, you know, I haven't been in touch with them, but I am doing that because I it's it's an opportunity to share on a different uh, level with some people that, you know, right and it's good stuff. So may God be praised. Any last words, Anna, or anyone?
1: It's just a good day. Let's praise God that he uses all things. And uh, we, we want to be faithful with what he's given us. So we just
0: move forward. Mm-hmm. Ask that, that faithfulness. Blessed be the Thank name God. of the Lord. Yeah. yeah. Thank you. Okay. I, I didn't mean to cut you off. I didn't know you. Did you finish your sentence? yeah i am I'm really okay.
1: thankful for the comments tonight and just happy everybody was here and just again let's move forward in faithfulness together yeah. and support one another and other mothers uh as, as we move forward let's do that for the sake of our children and um, thank you lord
0: thank you thank you may God bless our children too bring them father, you bring them, Lord. We only do what we can do, but ultimately their salvation is in you and you will effect it. Thank you for making that which we do effective for your kingdom in the name of Jesus Christ. Thank you, Pastor Thomas, for liking the show. Thank you, Erica. Thank you, Light Touch. And we will definitely convene or reconvene again next Wednesday. And uh, hopefully you will join us. In the meanwhile, I pray that the Lord God bless you abundantly, above measure, and that he will bring to your life the comfort, the wisdom, the peace, the prosperity that we need to make it through this life. God bless you all. And I'll see you next time. Goodbye.